If you're happy to be in the house of God, clap once. All right, let's run right into the word. Okay, here we go. Got to learn how to transition, and somebody say, do it quick. Got to do it quick. You can't be caught in the spotlight. Don't let them see you sweat. Somebody shout that. Don't let them see you sweat. Don't let them see you sweat. So um, I'm really excited today. I, I believe that the Holy Spirit um, has given me a word for you, but it's an experience that many of us have walked through and one that I have through personally. So if you don't mind, we're just going to jump right into the word. So how many of you guys know the name of our church? Wow. If your hand didn't go up, I am sorely sorry. Our marketing is not doing No, I'm just kidding. Uh, can somebody say ambassadors? ambassadors? Worship center. And many different times when you go to a place, uh, you can just keep going and you don't know what you're buying into. You don't know why things are named certain things. Uh, we're we're going to be in family series this next, uh, this next month. And we're going to be, listen, we're going to talk about like the stuff. Like the, the, can somebody say the stuff? Like the stuff in your family you don't want to talk about, we're going to talk about it. Like naming your child is vastly important because it's a precursor of who they will be. So if you name them something that's like ratchet and stuff, you can't be frustrated when ratchet shows up at 20. You know what I'm saying? So we named our, well, our church was named based off of a vision that was given from our pastor. Before that, our church's name was Harvest Tabernacle. The thought was, is that as God begins to grow the people, like bushels of wheat, that the people would grow, and then God would come and make a harvest, and then he would, uh, we're, we're the harvest. Like, we're not cutting people's heads off. It's just, somebody say, I'm the harvest. Well, Pastor Martin got a vision, and the word ambassador came to him, and it came from a specific scripture. But before I teach the word today, I really need you to know who we are. We just sang about it. We just talked about it. Somebody said, do you even know who you are? 2 Corinthians 5 and 20 says, we, somebody say we, therefore are Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal where? Through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be what? Reconciled to God. This is the secret sauce of our organization. We believe that if we teach the truth of the Bible, if we treat, teach the truth of the kingdom, God is able to have his will done in earth through who? You. So God, based off of the word and based off of 2 Corinthians, God is powerless in the earth unless he has a man or a woman to agree with to make it happen. So this entire sermon series really isn't all about God's power. Like, we talk about God's power and his might all the time, and then we pray to him and how he's almighty and he's all powerful, but God has never showed up to a hospital. Like God himself in all of his glory and majesty has never shown up into a beaten and battered women's shelter. He shows up through a person that is an ambassador. An ambassador is a person that goes from one country to another country and they represent the home country. So when we start asking God to make heaven happen on earth, we are missing a point because the only way that heaven can come to earth is if you do your part. So the reason why we teach so fervently, the reason why I sweat so much while, we, while I'm teaching, the reason why we have small groups, and the reason why it seems like you can be smacked upside your head with who are you, what do you want to do, where do you want to go, is because if you can't answer those questions, we're useless. And I'm really not interested in teaching people that get their ears, like, like you get your ears waxed with the word, but your heart isn't quickened to do anything in, in life. So today is going to be one of those. It might cut a little bit deep, but I think that there's some people in the room, you're really looking for your life to change. Like Pastor Joshua, I'm, I really am looking for something different in my life. It's only six of y'all, cool, I'm going to teach y'all six. But listen, I know that today this message will literally make your heart posture right. Somebody's going to get a jolt today. Somebody say amen. amen. Here we go. Are you guys ready to go? In your life, you are going to have to learn to survive in suffering. <laughs> The minute you gave your heart to Christ, 
I don't know about you, but my life doesn't look like the box of Candyland. Anybody play board games? I hate them because I always lose. And I'm so, like, enthralled in trying to understand the rules that you can cheat and I won't know. That's why I don't, I don't like playing board games. But when you look at the box of Candyland, everybody's just so happy. You got the candy cane man. You got the cotton candy lady. And we can begin to sell people that the minute you give your heart to Jesus, your life is going to look like Candyland. Now, that'll teach. Don't play with me. I will do a whole sermon series on board games and people will come to Christ. Don't do me. And we sell this falsehood that the minute that you give your heart to Christ, <laughs> that everything's going to be straight. Give your heart to Christ. Your marriage is going to be fixed. And it's just like, well, the opportunity to fix it will be there, but you're going to have to get dirty and do it. Your family's going to be perfect. Well, actually, your God, God's going to give you the tools to fix your family. It's kind of going to be dirty. Your mind will be corrected. Actually, what God's going to do is he's going to give you an opportunity to go in your mind and try to figure it out. And all our lives in our Christianity, we try to make Jesus king, but we also try to make him fix the messes that we're in. And that's not why Jesus was born. Jesus was born because so he could die on the cross to give you a choice in playing the role in your life that nobody else can play. Look at your neighbor and say, nobody else can play the hero in your movie. We ain't going to go get no Denzel Washington. I know that all you aren't dark-skinned. We ain't going to get no Ryan Reynolds for those of you that are of the Caucasian persuasion. Like Nobody else can play your role. Somebody say, I'm going to play it. In Acts 9, we see a man named Paul who is extremely seasoned in his life. He's walked through everything. We talk about all of the great feats that Paul has walked through, but many of us say, like, I would like to be Paul. But many of us don't know that Paul, how he ended his life, is that his head got cut off. So a lot of people can look at your life and want it, but don't know the suffering that you're walking through. <laughs> Man, Josh, I wish I had your life. Bro, I don't want my life. And because we think that other people's lives are better than ours, we can look at everything that they've achieved and overlook what they've suffered to get there. And I just want to talk to some people here in the room that you feel like you've been suffering in silence. Everybody sees the house but doesn't know what you had to do to get it. Everybody sees your family and thinks it's great, but they don't know all the work you had to do to get it. Everybody sees how your family picture is looking like this. But, and you got lawyers in your house right now. You got people that are trying to spit on your name. And you're like, if you knew how much I suffered, if you knew how hard we worked to get to this point, you'd realize it's not us, but it's because of the God that we serve. Somebody say amen. Let's go to the word. Acts 9, 3 through 6, it says, as he was approaching Damascus on his mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. This is Paul. Um, his name is Saul at this moment. He fell to the ground and, somebody say, heard a voice. Saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Read this next verse with me. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. I want you to teach my sermon title to the person next to you. I want you to say this with me. Can you say, I saw that going differently? <laughs> there's, this, there's this point in Hitch. Have you guys seen that movie with Will Smith? He's trying to teach the white boy how to dance. Trying to teach him how to get his girl, but he can't dance. And he's like, I saw that going differently in my mind. I want to talk to the people where what God told you was going to happen played out differently. You shouted, you texted, you put it on social media and Instagram, and six days it's going to happen. And it took five years. It's not everybody in the room because not everybody's chasing something big. I understand. It's not everybody in the room because not everybody in the room is going for the big risk, the one that, like, if I mess up, like, it's over with. I just need to talk to two or three people that you can literally look at me and say, I saw that one going differently. 
I saw my marriage going differently. I, thought my, I saw my money going differently. Like how vividly God showed me my life. Like this is different. He says, this looks nothing like what you showed me, God. So either you're a liar or I'm a liar. And I know that you never lie. So is it me? Saul is on the road to Damascus on his way to persecute Christians. And that's a very cute word, but he's literally killing Christians. Tar and feather, putting him between two horses, slapping the horses. Like, I want to paint this picture in your mind. This man goes from wanting to kill people and then wanting to save the people he was sent to kill. And for many of us, that's what our lives look like. God wants you to be saved from the stuff that you and your friends were in sin in then wants you to go to the same place where they are in sin and be different. How do you do that? How am I supposed to be around these people? We all smoke. Now, you don't want me to smoke, but you want me to be around the smoke, and then you don't want me to smoke once I smell the smoke? Like, what? 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 You don't want me to drink, but you want me to go back around my friends that do drink, and then you want me to not want to drink even though something inside of me wants me to? Like, so what? How am I supposed to do this? This looks a little bit different than what you showed me, God. And for many of us, God shows you the end of a thing, but he doesn't show you the parts in the middle. Because if he showed you the level of suffering it would take to get what he showed you, many of us wouldn't go the distance. Let me get back to the word. The point of purpose is enduring persecution. Now, remember what I have said. Since we are ambassadors, that means that this mission that God is on to make sure that everybody knows him, proclaims his name, and fulfills purpose When you gave your heart to Christ, and if you desire to give your heart to Christ, the reality of it is, is that he's going to take his message, implant it in you, and make you go share it with other people. But here's the thing about Jesus. We talk about how Jesus, like, healed the sick, make sure that the lame could walk, but we never talk about the hell and the high water he had to walk through to do the miracles. So then we say, I want to be like Jesus. We want to heal the sick. We want to make, make the dead rise. We want to enlighten people. But then we don't want to go through the pain that Jesus walked through. I, I want to share with you that your relationship with God is the same as your relationship with his pain. This is the reason why you let certain people into your holy of holies. This is the reason why you let certain people into your really close friend group. Because the people that are really close to you are not the ones that are always celebrating with you. 99.9% of the time, the people that are closest to you actually suffer with you through the stuff you're walking through. And don't do that to me, because there are certain people, when they ask you how you're doing, you say, I'm fine. But there are some people, as soon as something happens at work, girl, you will not believe what happened today. Let me tell you about what Chad did. And the thing, and the reason why, I'm sorry, I just looked at you. I'm not, there's nothing going on with them. I'm sorry. Chad looked at me and said, yes, pastor, I'm sorry, not you. (laughs) But depending on proximity, meaning how close you are to a situation, the uglier it can get. So we can create heroes out of people that are really bleeding behind the veil. You see them on stage in their life, and you think, man, I wish I could be like my person across the street. But if you get close enough, you'll see the wounds. You'll see the scars on their back where people said that they were with them and they would backstab them. So many different times when you meet somebody and they're hesitant to be your friend, it's not that they don't trust you. They still have knives in their back. Okay, I'm going to talk to this side of the room. It's not that I don't trust you. But for the people that I did trust, they still got knives in, their, in my back. So we want to be like Jesus, but not many of us want to be betrayed. We want to be like Jesus, but not many of us will put our lives actually down. We talk about it. We're going to go in there. Yeah. We're going to fight them. Yeah. We're going to beat them up. Yeah. We're we going to kill some of them. Yeah. They're going to kill some of us. Whoa. I was with you. 
But, bro, you said you were ride or die. I was like, ride and skip the ride, low key. You know what I'm saying? Somebody say persecution. Persecution is the hostile or ill treatment of someone, especially because of their belief, mission, or cause. I want to share something with you. You know that what we're doing right now in this room could get you beheaded in other countries. I don't think you really know. Like, this is the reason why you need to travel. So that way, when, like, you're voting, which is you use the Bible to vote, not your thought processes, your preferences. Use the word. This is the reason why you need to travel. So that when you come back to Omaha, when you come back to the United States, you actually realize what privileges you have. Like, it's a privilege to be able to stand on the side of the street and curse somebody out because you have a picket sign. In other countries, you even have the thought, and you're out of here. Where's Joshua? Who was Joshua? Wait a minute. We just saw him last week. We don't know where he's at. Somebody say he's been abducted. (laughs) Persecution. Paul begins writing to his closest disciples, Thomas and Titus, but he's writing from the end of his life. Paul has walked through so many different things in his life that now he is seasoned. Now he is seasoned. Now he is seasoned. This is the reason why the preacher can't be the highest level of authority in your life. Every person needs somebody ahead of them that they're chasing after and somebody behind them that's chasing after them. Why, PJ? I'm glad that you asked. When you have somebody that's ahead of you, it gives you something to look forward to. It gives you a standard to live up to. One of the best things that you can do while you're doing premarital is finding a couple that's walked through stuff and isn't afraid to tell you the truth. Why? Because it gives you a relationship to run after. What I say? A relationship to run after. Every person also needs a relationship that's running after them. Because what it does is that it makes your purpose relevant to somebody to teach. So at the same time, glory to God, I'm already teaching. At the same time that you're learning from someone, you need to be humble to know that there's somebody chasing after you that you need to teach. One way that you know that you are spiritually relevant is if you have the ability to be chastised by somebody and you also can love somebody that's behind you. But if you spend your entire life chasing someone or something, it will run faster away from you than you can catch with it. And if you have nothing behind you to pour into, you can start to believe that you're useless. And a lot of us in our faith are really, we're uncontent with our lives. And because we're uncontent with our lives, the people that we're chasing, we try to model our lives after them. Rather than learning the lesson and making our lives look how God wants us to look. So then we have people that are copycats in church, copycats in life, and every family looks the same. Every single marriage looks the same. Every single person's view of success looks the same. But what God has for you, some might say, is for me. Paul has been seasoned, and he's writing to uh, to Timothy in 2 Timothy, and he's about to send Timothy out to continue the work that Paul had started. He's about to tell Timothy the truth about what's going to happen. He tells Timothy, hey, Timothy, you're smart. You know the word. You know how to preach. But when you go to preach, some people are going to try to kill you. Now, for many of us, we get the gifts. You got the purpose. But then when God actually sends you to some people that want to kill you, you're like, yeah, I don't want to fulfill purpose because it's actually terrifying. You got the skill. You got the characters. But then God tells you where he's going to send you, and then that scares us. So Paul says, hey, bro, I ain't going to cap to you. What that means is I ain't going to lie to you. You got the gift. You have the anointing. But some of the places where you go to give the word, some people are going to want to kill you. 
I want to pop your bubble today. The reason why it seems impossible to pursue purpose where you are is actually because you're in the right place. One way that you know that you're making progress is if people are trying to kill you. One way that you know that you're making progress is when what you have to say, nobody wants to listen. Because nobody's growing if they're already on the boat with you. The point of the kingdom is to bring as many non-believers. How many? Non-believers. What did I say? Non-believers onto this boat. And that means that for some of you here in this room, some of you are going to make it all the way through the journey to partnership and serve. Some of you may not ever come to see God ever again. But that doesn't keep us from preaching the word of God. Huh. For many of us, we've stopped doing the will of God because we haven't heard, had enough people say yes to what we're saying. And now what we do is we share our gift based off of people's response and not off of fulfilling the assignment. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. PJ! And we will forfeit the will of God on our lives because we don't get likes on Instagram. Well, there are a hundred other people with the same account. That's true, but yours isn't out there. And there are books and ideas and businesses in this room, and the only person disqualifying your idea, guess who it is? It's you. God doesn't waste ideas. I need, I need you to write that down, chat. I need you to write that down, chat. That idea that you're sitting in right now, you're a single mother right now sitting with two babies, daddy walked out, you don't know how you're going to make rent. I want to make sure you know that the podcast God told you to start, I know there's a hundred of them. I know there is, but God hasn't had yours yet. God hasn't had yours yet. Somebody say, God hasn't had mine yet. 2 Timothy 4, 14, 22. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Somebody say seasoned. He says, Alexander the metal worker, what a way to open a letter. Alexander the metal worker did what? Did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed whose message? Our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone did what? Deserted me. May it not be held against them, but the Lord stood where? At my side. And did what? Gave me strength so that through me, what? The message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom, to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. The first thing that Timothy tells, the first thing that Paul tells Timothy isn't how to lay hands on people. <laughs> this is going to hit like three of y'all on the way home. It's not about how to speak in tongues. It's not about how to read his Bible. He says, Timothy, um, I'm about to be out of here, but there are some people that hate the message of Jesus so much that cause me pain. Once they realize I'm dead and gone, those same people that were my enemies, you're going to inherit them. I don't know about any of you, but how many of you have ever inherited an enemy? You don't like my friend, so therefore you don't like me. I don't even know who you are. But since me and my friend are about the same thing, evidently I'm your enemy as well. The minute that Timothy met up with Paul and received the message of the kingdom, the enemy wasn't after Timothy. He was after his message. So for every person in the room that thinks that the sickness that you're walking through, your family distraught that's happening, that you think that the enemy is after you, he's not. He knows the cost of the oil on the inside of you. But this is how God works. He knows that the oil that's on the inside of you won't flow unless there's persecution. Oh, my God. So that's why people have to create a scandal about your family. 
Because it's necessary to prove the oil in your life. The only way that you get oil out of any type of fruit or any type of vegetable is that it has to be crushed. It has to be pressed. It has to be persecuted. So if you're sitting here today and you're looking at your family, you're looking at your wife, you're looking at your body, you're looking at your finances, and you're just like, I don't know where all this pressure is coming from. By the end of the day, I'm praying that your hands and your head that are going down and like what is going on will actually stay up and you'll actually know like, if I'm being persecuted, that means there's oil. If, if, if I'm being pressed right now, that means that there's actually something greater on the inside of me that God has to use this pain for his pleasure. Uh, like what I'm walking through that hurts right now is necessary. So what does that mean? If in some of our lives, nothing's happening. Does it mean that God's not using you? It's just not your turn yet. Let me get back. Let me get back. Let me get back. At my first offense, he said, no one came to my support. He's telling Timothy, you're going to teach the gospel, but the people that are with you today, you're going to blink and they're going to be gone tomorrow. But he says, God will take care of them. (laughs) God's going to take care of the people that stab you in the back. God's going to take, pe- take care of the people that lie on your name. God's going to take care of the people that, are, that you're frustrated with because vengeance is the Lord's. But what we can do is we can lose our righteousness by lashing out at people. Ooh. If you have been called, pain will be produced. <laughs> The minute you got called to the medicine, like the the, the mountain of medicine, God set up pain points on your journey. Oh, my God. We think it's all sunshine and rainbows and candy land. This is the reason why God showed you the end of your marriage. Because he didn't show you that in year seven you were going through hell. He didn't show you at year nine that you were going to have a son and he was going to end up being autistic. He didn't show you at year 13 that there was going to be a scare of divorce. And he also didn't show you at year 19 that you were going to go through a midlife crisis. Why? Because many times if he shows you what's going to happen in the middle, we won't make the decision to do what he's called us to do. So this is what God says. Go to a land I'm going to show you. Hold up. How, what is that? Where am I? How am I supposed to even start? God just says go. And the minute you make up in your mind to obey God, that's when the plan shows up. But you cannot follow Jesus and be painless. I'm sorry for whoever lied to you. I'm sorry for the televangelist or the person on TV that said, roll it over on Jesus. That's not how the kingdom works. The word of God says that the same cross that Jesus was crucified on, the minute you gave your heart to Christ, he stamped your heart with an A for ambassador and gave you a cross. And every day you have to walk with the pain of your life because when you walk with it, it proves to people that God can use them too. This is why we can't get so separated from the pain in our life because then you can look like a lukewarm Christian that never walked through anything. Anytime anybody asks you about your testimony and you have to edit it, that means that you're shameful of what God brought you through. You don't tell them the number. You don't tell them how many times you fell. You don't tell them how bad it was. You're actually refusing them of the pain that you walked through. I wear my pain like a badge. This is when I fell away from God. This is when I stopped believing in myself. Because every time you look at the pain in somebody's life, it should disqualify them. But there's a man named Jesus that provides grace. That when they see your pain, they actually see him. So Paul starts to talk to Timothy about the different types of pain that he's going to endure while he's in ministry. And look at your neighbor and say, you have a ministry. 
It might not be up here on this stage, but you have a message. Every person in this room, you are a minister for Christ. You just minister at the hospital. You just minister in the education system. You just minister as a stay-at-home mom. You mean to tell me that staying home and breastfeeding and feeding my kids is, a, is, is an actual job? Actually, stay-at-home moms and teachers should make more than doctors because you are literally saving the world. Thank you so much. So we start to disqualify people, and we don't get all the claps because we think based off of if somebody's important to the world or not, we can pay them less. Think about what teachers do. They take your child from 8 to 10, 10, 10 hours in a day. Try to teach them all that they can. And we look to them to parent our children in eight hours that we haven't done in eight years. Thank you for every single teacher, every single administrator, every single education system, every single person that's watching, that's in Elkhorn, that's in Millard, that's in OPS. They fake clapping. Thank you. Thank you. Omaha needs 1,500 teachers right now just to fill the spots. And a lot of us, we won't pay them what they're worth. So then we question why they don't show up. This is the reason why you need financial freedom. Because where you're going, they can't pay you what you're worth. Oh. This is why you got to have ridiculous amounts of money so that way you don't have to wait for somebody to fill out your invoice in order to fulfill the word of God. Like, I got my own money. I just want to serve. What would happen if the teachers in this room had the million dollars in their bank account and could just go teach? You ain't got to pay me. I'm just here for these children. It changes your heart posture. But the only way that you look at your life and have appreciation is if you've walked through somebody say pain. This is good already. So Paul starts talking to Timothy. If this is good, clap once. If I'm on time, clap once. If I'm in your mail, clap once. All right, there we go. <laughs> Paul starts to talk to Timothy about the pains that he is going to experience because of what he walked through. I want you to see Paul. Paul's writing these letters to Timothy, and I think that there are like tear stains in this letter. I think that Paul is writing pieces of this letter while he's actually in prison. So there's probably like some blood on this letter too. I think Paul is writing these letters while he's being beaten in prison. So like there's probably some pieces of his flesh on this letter. This is what I'm trying to say. The first person that you should actually take advice from is the person whose shirt isn't clean and kind of got some blood and some tears on it. Why? Because my tears prove I know what I'm talking about. My pain proves I know what I'm talking about. This blood stain on my shirt proves I've been through some stuff, fought it, and killed it. We got to stop listening to every single person with the podcast that has no experience. Any person can buy fancy equipment and sound amazing. But the proof of what I'm talking about is if I can show you in my life. Look at the scar right here. Starts talking to him about different types of pain. I want you to write these down. There's the pain of identity. There's the pain of isolation. There's the pain of physical. There's the pain of companionship. And the pain of circumstance. Somebody's about to get free right now. First type of pain that you will always, that you will always walk through if you're following Christ is dealing with, those, uh, dealing with who you are as an individual. Paul on the road to Damascus, his name is actually Saul. He's on the road to Damascus, about to go and kill Christians. A light shines. He, uh, the, Jesus cries out, Saul, Saul, uh, why do you persecute me? Changes his entire trajectory, makes him go from killing the people he's sent to to actually teaching the word of God to the people that he's sent to. But the word of God is very, very clear. God, Jesus never changed Saul's name. When we do our research, Saul's parents were Jewish. 
So Saul was not just killing Christians. He was killing his own people. There are a lot of people in your life, the reason why they're lashing out at other people is because they're sick on the inside. Has nothing to do with you. They're just mean because of the fact they got some yucky stuff on the inside of them that they refuse to work on. When you learn this and you're called to something, you're able to not smack every person that talks to you crooked. Because if you smack that person, your mission has failed. If you smack somebody today and you claim that you were a Christian yesterday, tomorrow ain't nobody going to believe it. I'm a Christian. No, you ain't. This is why we have to practice this fruit of the Spirit, which is called self-control. It means I want to pull up skirt and blow the house down, but I'm not going to, even if the only reason why is because if I do that, they won't be able to hear and see Jesus. So people are putting their faith in churches, thinking that that's supposed to be the resemblance of who God is. And there are hurt people teaching a gospel that's not the gospel. People are walking away from the faith because the pastor's hurt and not healed. So the reason why you have to have healing is so that when you talk to people, they don't look at your pain, they look to God. The second type of pain that he shares with him is that there's going to be a pain of isolation. Acts 16, 25 to 26, it says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. Somebody say, shake it up. And the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner flew off. What Paul tells Thomas is this. Hey, bro, you're going to have to deal with things in your emotions. The next type of pain is that there's, you're going to be by yourself for a lot of this journey. A lot of this journey, yeah, a lot of people are going to see the house, but they're not going to see the arguments in the house. A lot of people are going to see your, your photo of all your family that you spent thousands of dollars on, but they're not going to see that mommy and daddy were sleeping in separate rooms in that house. A lot of people are going to see your family, and they're going to say, man, this is great, but they don't know that your son was just diagnosed with a mental disorder, and now you got to grieve the fact that now I can't even have a conversation with my baby, and he's seven. He should be talking by now. What Paul wants Thomas to know is that, yes, you're called. Yes, your purpose, but you're going to be alone. You're going to look around for people to come and help you after they beat you, and nobody's going to show up. You're going to look for people to come and celebrate you after you do something great, and they're not going to show up because they're actually jealous of you, and they were okay with you while you were building because they thought that they were helping a lost cause. But now that you don't need their help anymore, now they don't want to be in your, in your life. I'm sitting on somebody's lap right now. It's okay. Be quiet. You're telling me I'm doing the right thing this morning. The next type of pain is physical pain, which is now you got to deal with discomfort. Yes, you've been called, bro. Yes, you got purpose. Yeah, it's going to be a bag at the end of the rainbow. But in the middle of that rainbow, you're going to be uncomfortable. We look at Paul, and he's been stoned at Lystra and left for dead. We look at him, and he has been thrust in prison. He's been killing Christians. And you don't think that would be uncomfortable? To be in prison, locked up, not in the jail, but underneath the jail, singing praises to God. Because the word of God is very, very, very specific. It says that they were singing, and then the whole foundation shook. But I, I'm just thinking about it realistically. How long were they singing before it shook? Huh? Huh? We don't have no time. It doesn't say days, hours. It says they sang, and it shook. And this is what happens in our, our testimony. You tell people we were not okay, then we were. But I actually have to tell you, that not okay period was six years. Oh, I'm teaching this morning. 
Because what does it do? It brings realism into the conversation. It wasn't that we were hurting, prayed, and got better. We were hurting, prayed, got a little better, declined. Hurting, prayed, got a little better, super declined. Then I actually relapsed, went back to the drug, relapsed, slept with the person again, relapsed, slept with the person again, relapsed, slept with the person again, slept with the person again, slept with the person again. But then one night, God gave me what I needed. And actually, that took six years. And we have young people, millennials, high school students, middle school students that think that all they have to do in their heart seasons is pray. It's a part of it, but you got to endure. You got to walk through this pain. A lot of the stuff that we're asking God to lift off of us, he actually put there. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. Acts 14, 19 to 20 says, then some Jews arrived (laughs) from Antioch. The people that Paul was preaching to showed up. They went to Antioch in Iconium and won the crowds to their side. They lied on Paul and got people to believe it. Have you ever been in a situation where a person who you trusted lied on you and the people that they lied to started to believe their story over you? The only reason why those people could believe that story is because the people that usually stab you in the back are the people that know the dirty secret. Why am I hearing this story in the left, the right, and behind me? You're the only person I told. Well, you know, word gets around. No, 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 no. You're the only, somebody said, you're the only person I told. There are certain details you shared. I haven't even told my husband. You're my best friend. I asked you to talk to you, to give me strength, to talk to my, like what? Somebody said, where did you hear that from? Got to be careful because loose lips sink. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of town thinking he was dead. Some of you are in a season right now where some people abandoned you and left you for dead. But the problem with the story is that Paul, they thought Paul was dead. But then the word of God says, then the believers, the people that didn't just believe in Paul, but they believed in the message that Paul had. This is the reason why you have to keep sharing your vision with people that have more than you because they're not going to poo-poo on your vision because they want nothing from you. Every person that you have in your life can't be chasing you. Every person, you cannot be the pack leader in every situation because when you share with them the vision of what God showed you, 100% of the time it's going to scare them. And when people are scared, they're not honest. They don't say, they don't say I'm scared. They sabotage. Okay. Ooh, this is too real this morning. They don't say that they're scared. They become jealous. They don't say that they're scared. They try to steal your idea. Paul has been beaten. He's on the ground, and they think he's dead, so they leave. But it says that the believers gathered around him, and then what happened? He got up and went where? Back. For many of us, God sends you into a situation. You take a rock to the face. Hey, God, I know you gave me this anointed coat, but you can have this back. You walk into what God has purposed you to do, and figuratively, you get punched in the mouth. (laughs) Hey, I know at the end of my purpose is righteousness. But you can keep that. I want to keep all of my fronts. I want all, all of these. Dr. Chang Andy spent too much money on these. I don't, I don't want to get, I want to keep my teeth. And Paul is telling Timothy, if you're going to carry this message called the kingdom, you're going to have to be discomfort, uh, un- uncomfortable. Then there's the pain of somebody say companionship. You're going to have to deal with loneliness. There are going to be seasons when you're building that people are not going to show up. And it's not because they're jealous. It's not because they're scared of you. You may be forgotten by those that said that they would never forget you. 
Can I speak some truth just for a second? There are many in the room, you feel forgotten. And not by me or anybody in this room. Your best friend that said, I'm going to be with you to the day that we did. And you reach out and reach out and reach out and reach out and nothing happens. You reach out, you reach out to your family member, you reach out to your brother that you haven't talked to in six years trying to reconcile. And it's just like, what in the world? I'm trying to do everything I can. And God is trying to see, well, if you can work through this pain, I can give you glory. Because it's how you produce in pain that proves if he will actually give you a reward. Paul tells Timothy, I was in court. And the people that could have testified on my behalf so I didn't have to go to prison didn't show up. And instead of getting upset with them, I asked God to cover them. You want to know how you're spiritually mature? Is when you can pray for those that are praying on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to know how you're spiritually mature? You can fight for those that are fighting you. Yeah, you can give a cause to those that are cursing you out. Like, like the, the word of God says that maturity is your responsibility, not the others. But we've been told that when somebody does us wrong, we have to make them pay. And this is what happens. This is what happens. Retaliation destroys the reward of persecution. What did I say? When... When you try to get your lick back, when you try to get your lick back from the person that acted ugly with you, and it's funny because a lot of people try to play a part in front of people, and the person that they're actually working through knows the real story. And it's like you bluffing in front of people. Like, this is not the truth. This is a facade. That's okay. You'll take that all the way home. And for many of us, we're standing with the anointing that God gave us, and there's a person that hurt us, and there's a person that we're supposed to get this oil to. If Paul would have fought back at the people that were stoning him, he would have taken what was meant for Timothy and poured it on the people that were beating him up. And now what I'm supposed to give Timothy, I left with people that were trying to kill me. This is the reason why I realize that some parents, you can, forget, you, you can almost become frustrated and get tired of parenting your kids because you fought so much unnecessary stuff with people in your family that now you just leave your kids by themselves. And it's not your fault. It's just the fact that I ain't got, much, I ain't got nothing else in me. Oh, my God. I saw this going differently. I thought that I would have more oil. I thought that I wouldn't have to fight through stuff. Paul's talking to Timothy. and Like, I'm supposed to be able to, 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 to give you everything you need, Timothy. But now I got to use my energy and try to clear my name with people that keep lying on me. And now I'm wasting the oil that God gave me trying to win the hearts of people that I'm not sent to. This is teaching to somebody. The power of your oil is proven in your ability to not get your lick back when you're justified. There's a reason why Jesus says, turn the other cheek. It's not because he knows it hurts. He knows, it. He knows the way that they let you go from your last job was humiliating. He, he knows that the, the, the divorce, like it was embarrassing. He knows, but he also knows that what you walked through filled your cup to give to someone else. But if you keep going back trying to justify all the stuff that happened in that bad relationship, once it comes time for you to actually fulfill purpose, you got nothing left. And now... 
what he was supposed to do with all of that, he's only got a little bit. Like, what, 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 now what, what can he do with this? All of my anointing, all my oil, all my energy is in people that I was never meant to reach. But this is how cool God is. God takes your pain and your empty life. He takes all of the stuff that you poured out. All of the stuff that they said that you would never have another good, a good idea. You'll never write another song. You'll never get married again. And what God does is he takes what you think you wasted from the enemy. I love you, Kelly. You're not my enemy. I love you. From the enemy. Then he realizes, actually, there's still some more oil in here. Gives it back to you and gives you the ability to redeem all of the time and the years that God gave you pain. Because what I'm doing now is I'm teaching Amari how to walk through pain. I'm teaching him how to walk through people that are lie on him. I'm teaching him to walk through stuff that when people are going to lie on you, bro, it's going to feel like you're enough. But this is the thing. Now, you don't just have the anointing of God. You got my experience. Mom and dad, tell your daughter the whole truth of how she got here. Tell her the whole truth. Yes, dad might have been a deadbeat, but you made a decision to sleep with him. Tell the whole truth. Tell about how God redeemed you. Tell him, tell her how, how after he left, God gave you a council of women that loved you. Tell her how your mama and your grandmama came around you. Tell her how you found Ambassador's Worship Center and it all worked out. Like, don't just give them the sad parts of your story. Somebody say, give it all. There's still some stuff in here. I got to tell you about this one time where I, I cursed somebody out on Facebook and I was wrong in doing so. And then there was another time where I thought I was going to give up. But like now, Amari, you got all that I got. I ain't got nothing else. And for many of us, we don't look empty. We look like this. I trust you to live your life. Go ahead. You can take my anointing with you. And we are not willing to give up what God gave us to give up to somebody else. The reason why God gave you knowledge for free was to give it away for free. Thank you. Oil. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you retaliate and you send that tweet, you're going to lose your oil. If you, if you retaliate and start talking ugly back in the DMs, start talking ugly back in the group chat, if you start trying to sabotage, you gave them your two weeks, but you're going to try to get as many clients from that book that they gave you, like, you're, 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 you're going to lose your oil. You're going to lose your oil. You're going to lose your oil. And you got to ask your question, is lashing out at them worth giving up time with him? Because there's somebody that's waiting on you to pour into them your experiences. Don't waste your pain on the people that hurt you. Give your pain to somebody that can learn from you. Ah! Don't waste your pain on people that hurt you. Take that pain and give it to somebody that can learn from your experience. Paul looks at Timothy and he says, bro, I've been, I've been canceled. Yes, I've been bamboozled. Yeah, people wanted to kill me. Yeah, but like I'm not going to go and try to fix it with them because if I fix it with them, I could have missed you. I could have missed you. And this message that I have it doesn't just move from person to person. It has to be taught. So, Timothy, let me tell you what happens when you love somebody and they betray you. This is how it feels. But I went through the experience so that you wouldn't have to. I want to pop one philosophical bubble that bothers me. It's people that believe that they have to walk through something to experience it. 
when they have enough people around them that can literally tell them this is how it's going to happen. Son, I love you. But if you have sex outside of marriage, you get you. Now, I love you, bro. You're the best son I've ever had. But, like, you don't want to have to deal with the pain of being a single parent if you don't have to. Yes, there's grace for it, but God's plan is that it's nuclear. There's a mother and a father that make a decision to love one another. Then they have children out of that, and then it creates this family tree. Yes, God can use the other parts of it that may feel complete, but that doesn't mean that we throw away God's plan completely. Look at your neighbor and say, don't waste your pain on the people that hurt you. Because write this down, they don't know any better. I know we think that every person that hurts us is sadistic. I know many of us think that the people that hurt you, like, they're malicious. Like, they're literally like your favorite Disney show, like the evil. Like, why is it that every evil person in every show wants to blow up the world? Like, where are they going to go once they blow it up? Pinky in the brain, our plan is to take over the world. Cool. But then what you going to do once there's no, where, Mars is not inhabitable yet. We've been trying for 100 years. Like, it's not like, where, where are you going to go? There are some people that just want to create chaos because there's chaos to be created. Like your toddler. I'm not evil. I just wanted to see that laying on its side rather than standing straight up. I'm, I'm two. What, what do you want? That's how people are. They don't see the hurt and the pain that you're going to walk through once they hurt you. Write this down. The real pain isn't at the incident. It's what you've got to walk through to get whole again. And Paul tells Timothy, yeah, people are going to slap you. But working through the embarrassment is going to be worse than when they slapped you. Somebody say amen. I know. I'm going to get out of your way. I'm going to get out of your way. Oh, my computer died. Don't worry. I got a backup. I'm not afraid of you, devil. Not this morning. No, sir. Somebody say move on. I'm not afraid of you. Progression and purpose will require you to make peace with your past. Everybody has somebody in their life who keeps talking about high school. Well, if Sarah Jackson wouldn't have taken Timothy from me, I'd still be married. And it's just like, that was 30 years ago. You're 70 years old. High school is over. Like, why are we, why do you care? You dusty, he dusty. Find somebody else that's not as dusty and just y'all make it work. Like, why are we, why are we arguing over stuff that happened 60 years? 60? We're still 60? Matthew Herbert in the sixth grade? stole your crayons, and you're still hurt? Like, that's what you want to tell God is the reason why you didn't fulfill purpose? It's because a 10-year-old stole a crayon from you? Really? You think that God's going to be like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense why the people I sent you to go free weren't free. You got a crayon stolen from you. It's okay. No, God's going to be like, are you serious? He's probably going to say, depart from me. I don't know who you are. And then he's probably going to remind you, I was beaten half to death. I had a crown of thorns, not just placed on my head because we think it's cute. No, they put this crown of thorns on his head, took a hammer, and beat that boy into his head. Like, I had my beard ripped out of my They, they said your boy was beat so bad that my mama couldn't even recognize me. And you want to tell me that the breakup in middle school caused you to not fulfill purpose? Look at your neighbor and say, make that make sense. 2 Timothy 4, 19, he says, great Priscilla and Aquila... And the household of Onesiphorus, Onif- Onif- yeah, sometimes, some of y'all come from places we can't pronounce either way. Don't, 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 do, don't do that. Aristus stayed in Corinth, and I left Trophimus <laughs> sick in <and> Miletus. 
Do your best to get here before winter. Progression and purpose will require you to make peace with your past. After Paul talks about Alexander, the person that caused him great harm, the only other people that he tells Timothy to talk to are the people that were there for him. I want to stay here just for a second. If you give your haters all the energy, you will show unappreciation to the people that are still here. Well, how did they, they, can you believe what they did to me? And your best friend, I promise you, is tired of hearing about how they hurt you. Your best friend's probably waiting for you to say, hey, sis, thank you for being here. Because your reputation, my reputation isn't the only one that's been thrown away. Your reputation is tarnished just by being friends with me. I want to make sure that you guys know that there is a line of people that don't like Joshua. (laughs) All of you are like, how? Try something big and you'll get a list too. Try to follow God, and you'll have a list of people that hate your guts too. It's, 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 look at your neighbor and say, it comes with the package. Once God gives you a message, people are not going to like you. But you can waste your time trying to get everybody to like you. Get to the end of your life, everybody likes you, but you never made any impact. Okay? Paul's telling Timothy, instead of going and talking to all my haters, instead of trying to go to Lystra and find the people that stoned me, I only want you to talk to these four people. Because in every single situation in my life where people left me, Priscilla was there. Aquila was there. Erastus was there. Priscilla and Aquila were personal disciples of Paul. They lived with, worked with, and traveled with the disciples. Their job was to take care of the people as Paul began to speak to. You need somebody in your life. This is the first. I want you to write this down. This is the Holy Spirit. It's not my notes. You need somebody in your life whose job is to take care of you. You need somebody in your life whose job is to take care of what you're taking care of. And you need somebody in your life whose job it is to take care of your family in your absence. You need somebody in your life to take care of you. You need another person to take care of what you're taking care of. And you need a third person that will take care of your family in your absence. What did I say? You need a person in your life that will take care of. You need another person in your life that will take care of what? What you're taking care of. And you need a third person who will take care of what? your family in your absence. Why? The three people that Paul begins to write to, he says, thank you so much, God, for Priscilla. Because when I couldn't hear your voice, she ministered to me. You need people in your life that when you're walking through persecution, they don't care about how ugly it looks on social media. They're still going to stand with you in it. I don't care if they're lying about you. I really don't care if the scandal, even if it is, even if it is true, even if it is true, even if you did do the dirty deed, I'm willing to lie on this hill and die for my own reputation because I'm supposed to be your friend through thick and thin. A lot of people are wishy-washy because when the stuff actually hits the fan, they don't want the stuff to hit them too. You need some people with you that will not just give you a path through the mud, they'll lead the way through your stuff. They'll say, hey bro, don't worry about what you're walking through, you still got an assignment on your life. Well, what about your reputation? Forget my reputation. I don't know if you know this, but my only purpose was to serve you. The next person that he has is Erastus. Erastus' job was to take care of what Paul was taking care of. As Paul is teaching to the masses, Erastus was the one that fed them. He was the one that clothed them. He was the one that actually laid hands on them and healed them. The last person that we have is, uh, 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 is, is, is Aquila. His job was literally to take care of Paul's family while he was on the road doing ministry. You need people in your life who want nothing from you so that when the world comes to try to take everything from you, they won't sell you out to TMZ for $100,000. You know all of these different scandals that are happening here in my heart? Yes, the people are wrong. Yes, some of these folks 
They were doing terrible things in ministry. They were doing terrible things in the sports world. But there's a certain type of evil when the person who you thought you could trust takes a video of you in a moment that they know is your thorn. This side's too quiet. They take a video of you and they know that you're struggling with your sexual orientation. They know that you're struggling with being, a, a, be, being in a right relationship. They know that you're struggling because you steal and you try to steal. And not just trying to help you, they record you. Take screenshots. Then post it. Receive the money. Write a book and get paid off of your pain. Yes, I was wrong with what I did. Yes, I stole the $100,000. But it's a different level of wrong. You exposed me. I'm taking full responsibility for what I did. Like, you know what I'm saying? Look at your neighbor and say, it was me. That was me, coach. Come on, go ahead and do it. Like, that one was me, coach. That was me. That was me. But you didn't have to tell my business like that. Paul says, Timothy, one of the best things that you can have in your ministry is people in your life that don't want to hurt you. Because along your walk, there are going to be justified moments where people can out you. You need to know that you can show your whole person to some people. Last point. Is this good this morning? The cure to persecution is contentment. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 8. He says, I solemnly urge you. This is Paul still talking to Timothy. I solemnly urge you. In the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Whose kingdom? Whose? Whose? It's his message and his kingdom. The message that you share, it might sound like you, but it's his. And the kingdom that he's going to set up once we're all out of here, guess what? Whose is it? It's his. In his kingdom, he says, preach the word of God. Be prepared. Whether the time is what? Favorable or not. And we have people that claim Jesus that are afraid to tell the truth. Because we're afraid of getting canceled. We're afraid of losing followers. And every time that there's an opportunity to lose followers, you actually gain glory with the Lord. We told you in the beginning, it's going to hurt to follow Christ. But guess what? All the pain that you will ever endure, God is big enough to help you carry it and walk through it. God's not going to give you pain and then not give you a way to work through it. And I'm sorry for any of you that have ever thought that God has abandoned you, but there's a way that we can communicate with God our pain and even tell God what we don't like about it, and I promise you he'll meet you. Let me prove it to you. How many people in the room are walking through a situation right now that you're trying to figure out, this is not what I imagined it. This is working a lot differently than I thought. How many of you have honestly, keep your hands up, how many of you have honestly shared that with God? Not the situation, not because God knows the situation. How many of you have honestly shared how you feel about the situation with God? You want to know what it sounds like? And a lot of people think that prayer has to sound beautiful and polished. You want to know what Joshua's prayer sounds like? Hey, God, this is trash. I love you to death, but this, has, this, this looks nothing like what you showed me. I know you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. But I feel mighty left and forsooketh. You're laughing. I'm being serious. God, you said that you're almighty and all powerful. But I don't see it. I don't feel it. And I'm, I'm not trying to, because you know, you can't say that you, you got a really bad. I know you're powerful. I ain't trying to like come at you, but like, I don't feel it. 
I don't see it. And sometimes when you don't think you're hearing the verse of God audibly from him, you'll get that text message from your friend. Hey, just checking up on you. Oh, that might only be like two people in the room. But if you've got real friends, they'll feel you. Hey, bro, you straight? How, how, how can I pray for you? You want to know what my best, the best message that you can send to a friend when you feel their soul is this. I don't want anything from you. I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. You don't have to respond. I don't need you to respond. But I just want you to let you know I'm thinking about you. And just by looking at somebody and seeing them as a human being, that's God looking at you. It's that simple. When you wake up and the sun comes up and it's not cloudy, that's God. Oh, y'all like, that's Disney. No, it's God. Even when you wake up and it's raining outside, it's all perspective. God, you're allowing there to be rain this morning. Like this is, you said that you would never, that rain is actually the seal of his promise. Like a rainbow is going to come after this rain. God, like, thank you so much for your promise. When things start going wrong or left and right in your life and people start acting how people are going to, that's, that's the funny thing. People act like people. Like, we expect for people to be perfect, and then they're not perfect. I'm like, oh, oh. no, she been a snake since been a snake. You knew she was a snake, and if the snake bit you, you get upset. Oh, the snake bit me. It was a snake when you met it. But God is big enough to help you walk through your pain. I want you to write this last thing down, and we're going to get out of here. There is a reward if you can successfully survive suffering. There is a reward if you can successfully survive suffering. Okay, Pastor Joshua, how do I do it? You got an acronym for this. I know you like to use words. Is it the principles of principalities make precipice of peace? No, no, no. It's not nothing like that. You want to know how you survive suffering? Keep living. It's that simple. I know that people don't like you. You don't think that Dr. Martin, I ain't going to say all this stuff because we got haters that are watching right now. Good morning. It's okay. You don't think that he could fulfill everything in his life, that Linnell could fulfill everything in her life, Callie could fulfill everything in her life, and I could fulfill everything in my life, and there not be some stuff I had to cry about on Monday. There wasn't stuff that Pastor Martin thought, but you know what, I'm just going to turn around because building a multicultural church in Omaha, this ain't worth it. You don't think that they've ever gotten letters of stuff people say, if you teach another sermon, I'm coming to your house. You don't think that when they were in Mississippi that people literally burned crosses in front of their house. You know what they did? They didn't, they didn't just go to, they didn't go to therapy or counseling. They just kept living. And the biggest threat to the enemy in this season is after you get knocked down, you ain't got no teeth in your mouth, you got blood all over your face, your arm is broken, but you find the strength to stand back up. I believe that today, glory to God, that there are some people, if you were honest with me and with yourself, you're covered in blood right now. You're trying to run away from people because you can't tell enough truth about yourself to cover the lies that people have been spewing doesn't matter if you got the president of the United States to say, this man is innocent. The people that have heard the story wouldn't believe it. But there are people in this room that you're tired of trying to make your name clean. I'm tired of trying to tell the truth about my story. I'm, I'm tired. Because it doesn't matter how many people I tell the truth about it. The enemies already backdoored me and told them the lie. So you know what? I'm not going to become the evil that you've called me to be. I'm just going to keep living. I believe that for many of you, it's going to make people mad. Because this is the thing. Your oil will offend somebody. I couldn't get there because I want to make sure I'm right on time. But when you answer the call of God, it's going to offend someone. 
when you actually start printing the stuff on hats, jackets and t-shirts, the person that was cool with you when it was an idea, now ain't gonna support you because now you got orders. And I think that there are two or three people here in the room that you just need some encouragement to keep living. I want you to stand to your feet. Like, it's hard for me right now, Pastor Joshua, but I gotta keep living. Like, I can't keep running back to this stuff. People keep lying on me. And it wasn't even the truth. It's not even the truth, but I'm tired of arguing with people that don't want to humble themselves to figure out the truth about me. I just want to keep living. I just, I'm tired of not going on vacation because they think I'm greedy. I'm not greedy. I can just afford it. I'm going on this vacation. I'm going. I don't even, you can think what you want. You can think what you want. And if there are any people in the room that you've walked through some stuff, you got some pain badges on your life, I want you to stand up as well. I've walked through some stuff, PJ. I'm walking through some stuff right now. It hurts so bad. But the message that's on the inside of me is more important than this pain I'm walking through. <laughs> the message that God has given me, the purpose that God has given me is more important than, than, than how this makes me feel. I just want to pray a specific prayer for you this morning. Just keep living. Pastor Joshua, the stuff my family's walking through is public. We used to be the it family and now nobody trusts us. They think it's so dirty. Keep living. But it's going to insult some people. They've already insulted you. Just keep, <laughs> keep living. This is what I'd like for us to do. We're going to be a church, a church that prays this morning. If you identify as one of those people, you just need some faith today to stand and make it through another day. I want you to lift your hands. Lift your hands. And be honest. Please do not miss it. If you're a person in this audience and you're like, I am tired of defending myself. If vengeance is the Lord's, I'm going to give it to him, but I'm scared. The people that are around you, I want you to meet me up front. I want to pray for you. Come on, I want to meet you up front. Pray for, I want to pray for you. Don't be afraid. Take a step out on faith for yourself. Come on. Come on. They lying on me, Pastor. I know God gave me a purpose, but this pain, I don't know if I can walk through it. I don't know if I can walk through it. The doctor gave us a really bad diagnosis, and I don't know... I don't, know, I don't know what to do with it. Somebody scream, keep living. I'm going to release you. Could our prayer team please come so we can lay hands on these folks? Two things. I'm gonna, we're going to pray a specific prayer for you. We're not going to pray that what you're walking through, that God would lift it from you because it's purposed. But what we're going to pray is that God will give you a straight back as you walk through this. And that for every single battle that you're turning the other cheek in, we're going to declare that God would have vengeance and that today is the last day that you defend yourself. Today is the last, somebody say, today is the last day. Stop having conversations with people that don't like you. Stop having conversations with people that don't see your vision. They don't see your vision because God didn't show up to them. Today, we're going to ask that God encourages you not just to fulfill purpose, but to walk through this, this, this part of your life in pain so that when you walk on the other end, you have a story, which is a testimony that brings glory to God and it actually makes you feel better about yourself. This is the part of the kingdom that nobody likes. It's going to hurt. <laughs> but you don't have to hurt always. Somebody say, you don't have to hurt always.